Uh, today, I want to talk to us about a component of this passage that uh, honestly we'll realize is really important in gift giving. It's the concept of a Christmas list, a wish list, a gift list, however you want to call it, however you want to describe it. Uh, ultimately, if you're going to give really good gifts to people, you need to know what they want, right? You can't just like pick something out and hope they like it. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But if you have a list and you buy something that's on that list, then it's almost a guarantee that what you bought and gave as a gift is going to be a good gift. Now, I know that we don't all understand this. Uh, I learned this when Lindsay and I got married, uh, and we went to several different stores, and I went around with a scanner, and we did a wedding registry, and we scanned lots of items, and I was just amazed at how many gifts that we got that we didn't want. I don't know if that makes sense, if you experienced that, uh, but it's like you go and you tell people, this is what I want, Right? We make it easy on them. Just look at a list. I'm going to buy that. You know, cheap stuff, expensive stuff, however much you want to spend. You just figure it out. You buy it and you give it, and you know it's a good gift. Um, it must have been lots of re-gifts. I don't know, because we got some stuff that I was just like, can we take this back anywhere and get money? Is there any way that we can do something with this and make this good? I don't, I don't understand. But gift lists, registries, Christmas lists, they're important. They help you to know what the person you're giving to wants. Okay? Now, we all have things... Uh, or you should, I'm going to say you should, we all have things either in our past or currently that have been on our wish list, our Christmas list, that we did not get, okay? And I say you should because if you get everything on your Christmas list, either one or two things happen. Uh, number one, either you were told you can only put so many things on a Christmas list and you were like confined to that, or number two, you just don't dream big enough because you should always ask for something just lavish. I mean, who knows? If you don't get it, you don't get it, but if you don't ask for it, then you know you won't get it. And so for me, ever since I was a little kid, I had, I had a couple of friends who had four-wheelers, and I mean, since I was like eight or nine, every year on my Christmas list, I put four-wheeler. And um, I never got a four-wheeler. And all my days, what's wrong with me today? I never got a four-wheeler uh, for Christmas. And uh, every year, I would put it to be the first thing on my Christmas list. I mean, even up until uh, this last year when I was making a Christmas list for my mom. Uh, as organized as she is and wants to know what I want, I always put four-wheeler on there. There was one year that I got like a little remote control four-wheeler and it didn't count. It didn't count. It wasn't what I wanted. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't realize uh, until a recent conversation with my wife that she actually has something that she had asked for almost every year, especially when she was younger. Um, and it was, it was a power wheels, like, you know, the little cars, little kitty cars that you get in, they actually drive. And so she had asked every year that, you know, her parents would give her, her a power wheel. And she never got one. That's what's wrong with her today. I never got a four wheeler. She never got power wheels. Uh, so that's why we're a dysfunctional family. Um, <laughs> But, but here's the thing, here's the thing. When you live life traumatized because you didn't get something on your, on your Christmas list, when you have kids, what do you want to do? You want to give them what you never got, right? So Lindsay's like, is there any way that we could get our four-year-old, is there any way we can get him like a power wheel kind of thing, you know? It's like, I don't know, it's pretty expensive. And, you know, we're, we're having this conversation back and forth. Well, wouldn't you know it, she has a conversation with her mom. And her mom, get this, her mom says, I know I never got you a power wheel, all your life, all those weeks that you, all those years you asked for a power wheel, but hey, we'll give you some money towards the power wheel. We want you to get land and power wheel. Grandsons, we want to make happy. Kids, you know, they're just kids, but grandchildren, we want to make them happy. And so I'm just like, well, we're thankful for that. So maybe we can have happy kids because of grandparents. Um, so, um, you know, we, we have those things on our list that, that we've always asked for that we never get. Uh, but then there's, there's the gifts that, Honestly, they seem kind of basic, like 
Have you ever just made it really clear, like this is, uh, like this is my Christmas list, but this is what I really want. Like if you don't get anything else, like please just get this. I mean, if you've got like, if, you, if it's 50 bucks to spend, like put it all towards this. Don't like split it up a bunch. Like I don't care to have six or seven gifts. Like I just want this one thing. If you've got 500 bucks to give, even better put it all towards this. And you've got that, that one thing that you just expect. And, and then if you don't get it, like Christmas is ruined. It doesn't matter what good things you got, you didn't get it. For me, uh, freshman year of college, December 24th, Christmas Eve, 1998. Some of you weren't even born yet. I feel really old. That's okay. And all I wanted as a freshman in college was a cell phone. Yeah, that's right. I went off to college with no cell phone. Friends had cell phones, but me, no cell phone. Who needs cell phones, right? But I was like, I got to have a cell phone. You know, people have cell phones. There's people I got to keep in touch with. You know, this is all I want for Christmas. I mean, four-wheelers on there. I know you're not going to get that, but if you can get me the cell phone, I'm going to be a happy camper. And so opening gifts, opening gifts, opening gifts, you know, oh, that's nice, love the shirt, that's great, awesome, cool, waiting on that cell phone, could be that package, it's about the right size, maybe they tried to trick me and put it in a big box, Uh, but I would open gift after gift and no cell phone, Uh, and then I think the last gift that I opened that year was from my brother, and I was just kind of devastated because I was like, you know, I can't believe they didn't give me a cell phone. Like, I made it clear that's all I wanted this year for Christmas. And uh, so it's from my brother, and it's a bag, and I start pulling some tissue out of the bag, and there it is. And I get so excited. I mean, the biggest smile. Kind of like the kid with the Nintendo 64. I was kind of like, yes, yes, yes. And so I reach down in the bag, and I pull out this toy phone that my brother had pranked me with. (laughs) And all of my dreams and hopes for life were just shattered and my whole family is laughing and rolling on the floor, but I was just heartbroken, and I had to wait another year to get a cell phone. That's what's wrong with me. It all goes back to Christmas. But Christmas lists are important, right? Many of you have told your kids, I need a Christmas list. Uh, if you're organized like my mom, my parents were, then you want like, things on there that you want, things on there that you need, things on there that you know, are like a four-wheeler that you probably aren't going to get, but if you could get anything, what would you put? Uh, And so we have these Christmas lists, and we want to give people things on their Christmas list. We want to make people happy. We want to give good gifts. And the passage that we're going to look at today in the context of Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, uh, really is is dealing with uh, a list. And it's a list that we give God in hopes that he will give us good gifts. You might not know this, but one of the most wasted aspects of a Christian's life is prayer. One of the most wasted aspects of a Christian's life is prayer because it's through prayer that we communicate to God things that we need, things that we want, and it's through prayer that God promises us, as we're going to look at in just a few minutes, that he will give good gifts to his children. I mean, imagine this, the creator of all the universe. He made the heavens, he made the earth, he made all the creatures, he made all the living things, all the plants, all the fields, all the countryside, every sunrise that just takes your breath, every sunset that just captivates your imagination. I mean, that God loves us, loves me, loves you enough to give us a promise that we could tell him things we want, things that we need, and he will give us good gifts, and yet we fail to give him our Christmas list, our wish list, the things that we need, the things that we want in life, And it's devastating. And so today, I want to walk through this passage starting in chapter 7 of Matthew, verse number 7. And we're going to look at this passage and hopefully learn a few things together so that when we leave today, we'll value letting God know what we want, what we need in life. So let me just read 
this, this passage for us. Matthew chapter number seven, starting in verse seven, says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so the question for all of us today is, why don't we ask God for more than we ask God for? What is it in our fragile minds that causes us to think that maybe God doesn't care about certain things that we need in life? Or maybe we don't deserve things that we would want to ask God for. Maybe we have a naughty or nice mentality and that there's someone out there making a list and checking it twice. And he's just waiting to see who's naughty or nice. And we have that mentality that we take to God sometimes. And we fail to capture the awesome opportunity that we've been given to speak to God, to allow him to know things that we want and receive a promise that he's given us to help answer these things. So let me kind of walk through three observations, uh, kind of instructions, kind of things we can learn from this passage that hopefully will be an encouragement to you and then we'll pray together at the end. Uh, number one, uh, you should have a list. You should make a list. In fact, I, th- I think God wants us to have a list Call it a wish list, call it a prayer list, call it a needs list, call it a Christmas list, whatever you want to call it. But you should have a list of things that you are asking God for. You say, well, why should I have a list? Why do you think God wants me to have a list? Well, three times in this passage, he gives us an invitation. And really, if you want to look at it as the words of Jesus, they could almost be more than an invitation. They could almost be a command. Because, see, Jesus says, ask Like he's not saying, you know, here's a good idea. Like if you ask me for something, I might give you something. He says, no, ask and it will be given to you. And then he says, seek and you will find. And then he says, knock and the door will be open to you. These are instructions from Jesus to us to ask him for things. How many of you have to tell your kids, like, I know it's Christmas and stuff, um, and I know that, that, that you don't want anything this year, but if you'll just ask me for something, like, is there anything you want, like, anything at all, like, like can you just use your imagination. I mean, look at commercials on TV and go to some websites, just figure out what are some popular gifts for kids your age, and if you'll just ask me for something, like, I'll give you something, and, and they're like, no, I'm, I'm good. I think I'm good. I've had a pretty good year, you know. Basic needs are met. Pretty content in life. I feel joy in my heart. You know, I've got hope for the future. My life looks good. It's promising. I'm going places. I don't think I need anything. I think this year, you know, what we can do is we can just take the year off and they're going to give you a list, right? If I ask you for something, you're guaranteeing me you're going to give it to me. I mean, you can have a list. You're going to have to go back to that kid and you're going to have to say, listen, okay, okay, I know I said that, but what I really meant was these are some things that you can get. Yet when it comes to God and he tells us to ask, to seek, to knock, all too often we fail to capture the importance of telling God the things that we want, the things that we need in life. Now we're going to contextualize this towards the end because I know some of you are like, one million dollars. God promised it and I claim it. I receive it. We're not one of those churches. But you can't deny the fact that God tells us to ask, to seek, to knock. Now, 
I want you to notice a couple of levels of um, how God reveals himself to us when it comes to asking him for things. Uh, First he says, ask, and it will be given to you. How many of you have kids, and if you're in the room, you're face to face, they just look at you and they say, mommy, can I have, or daddy, will you get, I mean, you're like face to face, they just ask you, right? But if you're not in the room, they have to come find you before they can ask you. Okay, you might have a family that yells. I've been in families uh, where, where people yell, and they might just yell, Mom! Dad! Or they might walk to the room and like try to find you, but whatever it is, they've got to seek you out. So it's as if you're not face-to-face, but they still want something enough to come find you and say, I haven't eaten all day. You haven't fed me. I'm kind of hungry. I can't fix things myself. I'm too young. Will you please come get me something to eat? I'm starving. They come find you. They seek you. Uh, So they ask face-to-face, but they seek when you're not face-to-face. But then sometimes mom or dad's like in the room, in their study, in their bedroom. They got the door locked because they don't want to be bothered. And it's kind of like they've removed themselves from the situation. And if the kid really wants something, if the kid really wants to ask for something, what do they do? They go knock on the door. I know you're in there. You might be trying to avoid me. You might feel like that sometimes. You ever feel that way with God? Like sometimes you feel like God's just face to face and you can just say, God, I would love to have, God, I need, I need help just to get through this situation. Like just please give me peace. I don't know how I can face this situation. And then other times it seems as though he's in another room. And it's almost like, okay, I got to go, I got to go find God real quick. I got to go get alone, I got to remove myself from the situation and have some time to myself and just kind of meet with God and go where he is and let him know some things that I need having a a day. And then there's times, I don't know about you, but for me, where I just feel like like maybe God's just in a different part of the house and it's locked and it's, it's kind of like it would feel convenient for me just to leave him alone. Like, I don't want to bother God. Like, he's busy running the universe. I mean, he's got bigger issues than the little things that I'm dealing with. And so I'm going to just leave him alone. Maybe he'll come out one of these days and I'll be able to ask him. Maybe he's taking a nap. He had a long day at work. I don't know. But if you really want something, you don't really care. You just knock on the door and it's kind of like, God, like, I need you. I need something. I've got this urgent matter and God says, if, we're face, if you feel like we're face-to-face, ask. If you feel like I'm in another room, seat. If you feel like I'm behind closed doors, like knock on the door. It's important. It's important for us to have a mentality when it comes to our relationship with God that we realize that he's not some distant God out there in the galaxy somewhere, but Jesus refers to him as our heavenly father. How many times do we find it easier to ask our earthly father for things as opposed to our heavenly father? We don't think twice to ask our earthly fathers for things, things that we need. I'm not talking about a million dollars. I'm saying you can't reach the cup on the shelf when you're thirsty and you say, Dad, hey, hey, Mom, I need a cup. Will you come give me a cup? You don't think twice about it. You need something. You ask for it. But we don't do that with God all too often. And I'm challenging us. I'm challenging me. One of the things that in studying this week that I've committed to is to have a prayer list, like to actually have a written out list. For me, it'll it'll be in a digital format because I don't ever write because I won't be able to read it if I write it. If you've ever gotten a handwritten note from me, you know that. But I need to have a a list that I'm constantly praying over. I mean, I have a mental list. I have things that I pray over 
consistently, but, but I haven't really taken the time to like specifically identify things that I'm currently asking God for. Uh, and so I challenge you with me to do that. Let's commit to saying, God, these are things that we need. You've told me to ask them, and so I am unashamedly going to ask them. Now, if you've got a problem with that, then you're going to have to clarify this ask thing because you told me that I could even knock on the door when I don't feel like we're allowed in the room. And so I'm just going to ask. I'm going to ask and see what happens. But here's the good thing about this is, is not only does God want a list from us, not only should we make a list of things that we need and want from God, uh, but he promises to give us those things. These aren't just like, you know, empty statements that he gives us. Listen to what he says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seven promises. It will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks the door will be opened and then come down towards the end. It says, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? It's the beautiful thing about this passage is, is God is saying, if you'll ask me for things, like I'm eager to give you good gifts. I'm eager to help meet needs that you have. I am just waiting for opportunities to bless you. And some people have this, this wrong view of God, I think. Or they just think that like God is busy doing important universe things and we're down here and all too often we screw things up in our own life and so he probably isn't too pleased with us and maybe we feel like we've been naughty for a day or for a season or we've made some bad decisions and things haven't gone well and, and maybe like we shouldn't ask him for something because we don't really deserve it. You've all been there before, specifically with your parents. If you have kids, they've been there. But with God... He says, everyone who asks, receives. He wants us to ask because he's promised us that he'll give us what he asks for. Now, there's no fine print. There's no catch here. Just some context. So let me give you a little bit of context here. Does this mean that we're guaranteed anything in life that we want? It's an awesome sports car that I want. God, you promised me you'd give me anything that I asked for, so I want the sports car, and when I wake up tomorrow morning, it better be in the driveway, or I'm going to call you a liar, and you're, you know, you're just not truthful in what you say. It's not, not exactly what God's saying here. Um, I think you would agree that God isn't saying that he's a genie in a bottle, and if you rub him just right, and he'll come out, and he'll give you three wishes, and make all your dreams come true. It's not what he's saying here. Notice the context. He says that he's our heavenly father, and we as his children come to him with needs, with things that we desire, with things that we want. And here's the, here's the thing that you've got to remember. God only gives good gifts. He will never, he has never, and he can never give bad gifts. L listen, to, listen to the, uh, the illustration, the metaphor that he gives. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Which of you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? The answer to the question would be, like, none, none of us. If my son asks for bread, and I'm going to give him bread. I'm not going to give him a stone. If he asks for fish, I'm not going to give him a serpent. I'm not going to give him a snake. I'm not going to give him something that could be harmful to him when he asks for something 
that he needs or wants. So God has like this good gift guarantee where he can't give bad things. And so if you ask God for a serpent, would he give it to you? No. I mean, it's, it's not a good gift. He'll give you fish. It's not going to give you a serpent. Would he, would he give you a stone? No. I mean, he'll give you bread if you ask for bread. He's not going to give you a stone because that's a bad gift. And so sometimes it's possible for us to go to God and ask for things that may not be good gifts. Now, we don't completely understand why certain things wouldn't be good gifts. I don't understand why me having a sports car might be a bad idea. If you've read the news lately, you probably can get an idea why that could be possibly a bad gift for someone like me who likes to drive a little fast. And perhaps God is saying, you might not realize it. You might, you might, I know that you want this. I know that you're asking for this. I know that you think this is important. And I know that you have this huge desire for this. But I know more than you know. And I see the future. And, and I know all things. That's not a good gift. It's a bad gift. And I can't give bad gifts. So I can't give you that. So everything that you want in life, you're not going to get because it may not be a good gift. But the promise is if you'll ask God... It's a good gift. He'll give it to you. We can't define for him what it looks like and when we'll receive it and how we'll receive it. All that we're responsible for is asking. And so we ask, we have the list, and we tell him what we want, and we trust that he's true to his word. And in his timing and in his way, however he sees fit, then he will give us what we ask for. And if we never receive what we ask for, then we can just assume that it was probably not a good thing we were asking for. In fact, some of the unanswered prayers that we feel like we've prayed in life have been some of the greatest blessings from God in our lives because if he would have given us everything that we've asked for, we would not be blessed nearly as much as we are today. So, so you've got to have a list. You've got to have things that you're praying about that you're asking God for. You've got to take advantage of that, and you've got to trust the promise of God that he's going to give you good gifts. That's what he promises. And then the third thing that you've got to kind of realize and understand from this passage is that God doesn't have favorites. He doesn't have favorite kids. He doesn't choose to give some kids really, really good gifts and awesome gifts and huge, huge gifts. And he doesn't choose not to give other kids gifts because maybe they misbehave or or maybe they had a bad year or, or maybe they didn't do as good of things as the other kids did. God isn't up in heaven keeping score. You need to understand that because if you understand that, it'll set you free from some things in life. Because we feel like all too often, lost a point. Man, they just got a point. Why didn't I just, why didn't I just, if I would have done what they would have done, then I would have gotten another point. I could have gotten the point they got and God's only got so many points because, uh, you know, he, he can't have infinite points. That's what we think. And so we're all down here competing for points because if we get enough points, then God's going to give us something as opposed to someone else. And God doesn't have favorites. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday and it doesn't matter what you're going to do this afternoon. It doesn't matter what good you did in the past It doesn't credit you for more good gifts. And it doesn't matter what bad things you'll do in the future. It doesn't discount from the gifts that you're going to give. This is a promise from God 
that he will give good gifts to everyone. Now, I want us to make sure that we don't limit our understanding of the fatherhood of God to the experiences that we've had with our own earthly fathers. Let me kind of clarify this for a minute. A lot of times when we hear that God is our father, we immediately reference our earthly father for context of what that relationship looks like. And let's just be honest. Some of us have been blessed with incredible fathers here on earth, incredible dads that have provided, that have cared for, that have loved, that have met needs in our lives. But, but can we also be just as honest? And, and some of us have had fathers who haven't been great fathers, who haven't provided, may have never met needs and could have cared less to love you, to show that they loved you, to go the extra mile to give you things you want and need, whose goal in life wasn't to see you smile. In fact, some of you would probably say in the relationship between you and your earthly father, your dad, you felt like more of a grown-up, you felt like more of the dad, You felt like you had to make the more wise decision, the more grown-up adult decision. And some of you have had dads, and I pray that none of you are those dads, that didn't care like you should have cared for your kids. And when you hear that God's your father and you can ask him for anything, you immediately think, well, that's not the way my life's worked, Mr. Preacher. See, I've asked my dad for a lot of things, and he's never come through. I've asked him for simple, basic things that every kid in America seems to have at their disposal. And my dad never showed up for my games. And he never gave me some basic needs. And he never told me that he loved me. And he was never there for me when I was going through a hard thing. And he didn't walk me down the aisle. And he wasn't there when my kids were born. So you don't understand my dad because he wasn't a good dad. And so when you tell me that God is my father and I can ask him for anything, My mind just goes back to saying, what's the point? Here's just another vice for me to reach out to, and I know that I'll be disappointed. And I just need you to understand, I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, and I know that separating the two can be a difficult thing, but your Father in heaven is a perfect Father. If you then, speaking to earthly fathers who are evil, who are sinful, who were born into a, a sin nature, a corrupt nature, an evil world. If you then, though you were evil, speaking here to his disciples, to crowds that had gathered to hear Jesus teach, if you, who were evil, Jesus identifies the imperfection in earthly fathers. He lets us know, I know that you've got dads out there who aren't perfect who may seem evil, some may seem more evil than others, and some may seem like they regret ever having you, and you're just a pain in their side, and you're just something else that keeps them from enjoying life. But he says, I know even an evil dad, even an evil for the most part, wouldn't give a a snake to a child instead of a fish. I mean, that's just common sense. I mean, no one would intentionally, I know that there's abusive exceptions, but for the most part, Evil, earthly fathers give good things to kids. And Jesus identifies, I know that earthly fathers are evil and they give good gifts. And so if that's the case, how much more will your heavenly father, your perfect, sinless, 
absolutely loving God, Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who have. If evil men know how to give basic good things to their kids, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Ask him. You've got to have a list. You've got to trust the promise that he's going to give you what you ask for. And you've got to understand that there's no favoritism when it comes to God. Everyone who asks receives. Last bit of context. And we're going to pray together. We've already said you can't just ask for anything you want. It's got to be good gifts. And the last thing that I want to point out here that we're going to end on is that Jesus is talking here to children of God. There are people potentially in this room, but definitely in this world, who would not be considered children of God that these promises don't apply to. Imagine, imagine with me that you're taking your kids to the movies. You're going to go see the, the newest movie. They've, they've begged you to go. and you're, you're a good parent and you're able to provide. You've got the funds. You've stewarded your money well. You've budgeted and you've, you've got the means to take them. And so within your means, you're taking them to see a movie. And all of a sudden, like kids out of nowhere, they just start coming up and they're like, hey, hey, give me some popcorn. Like I need some popcorn. The movie's about to start. I need some popcorn. You're like, who are you? Never seen you before in my life. Hurry, hurry. I need some Coke. I need, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Give me some Coke. And you're like, where was your daddy at? And this little girl comes up. I want some Skittles. Skittles are my favorite. I want some Skittles. Please, please, please. Hurry, hurry, hurry. The movie's about to start. Give me some Skittles. And you're like, who are you, sweetie? Where's your mom? Where's your dad? What are you asking? You're saying, it's not my responsibility to provide for you. You've been given, entrusted to parents here on this earth. Where are they? Where are your parents? Where are the people who are supposed to provide for you? Because I have my own kids that, that have been entrusted to my care. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be generous and help others. You obviously don't hear me say that. God is generous. He helps. It's all. But he is promising who here that he'll give them what they ask. He's promising his children. He's talking to his disciples, to his followers. He's saying if, if evil fathers know how to give good gifts to their kids, how much more would the Heavenly Father give good gifts to his children, to those who belong to him, to those who carry his name, to those who are in his family? It's like he's having a family talk. Hey, sit down. Kids, I'm going to kids, sit down right here. Let me tell you something. If you ask me for something, I'm going to give it to you. If you come to me and you tell me what you need, I'll get it for you. You just ask, you just seek, you just knock, and you'll receive it. You'll find it. The door will be opened. Now, there's a lot of people outside the room, and he's not having this conversation with them. Listen to what John chapter 1, verse 12 says. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That there is a way for each of us to become a child of God. There's a way for each of us to be adopted into God's family. There's a way for each of us to have this promise, this statement, this passage applied to our lives. And the only context is, is this is God's children. Is that he's speaking out of love to, to his kids, the ones who belong to him, who have trusted in him, who have received him, who have believed in him. 
and they're now children of God. Ask. It'll be given to you. See, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open to you, child of mine. Only good gifts, child, I'll give you. Just ask. I can't believe you haven't asked me. You're going through life needing something. You're going through life at your wit's end. You're trying to figure things out on your own. And all you've got to do is ask. And so the last question that I'm going to leave with us this morning is, are you a child of God? Does this statement apply to you? And if not, do you want it to? Do you want to be a child of God? Because I got news for you. There's no application process. And there's no like adoption process where you have to see if you qualify to become a child of God. The the process has already happened. God sent his son Jesus to the earth. That's why we celebrate Christmas. He gave us a good gift, his son Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life and he died a terrible death for us on the cross because he loved us and he was making a way for us to become children of God. And the only way that we become children of God is that we believe and we receive what God has offered to us. Are you a child of God? And if you are, are you asking God for things? What's your list look like? What are you carrying around on your own that you should be asking God for and trusting that he'll provide and give you? And if you're not, what's keeping you from becoming a child of God? Why would you walk through this life empty and void of this promise that there's a heavenly father who loves you enough to meet your needs. There's a heavenly father that loves you enough that he wants to bestow blessings and good gifts on you. I don't know what you've heard about God. I don't know what you've heard about church. And I don't know what you've seen in people who claim to follow God and who claim to go to church that may have caused you to see that perhaps God isn't good and he doesn't love everyone. But I'm here to tell you that This is a beautiful promise. And if God has already paid the price to make you his child, why would he not give you good gifts? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this promise. Thank you for this reality that we can become children of God and that you love your children, that you love your kids, that you just can't wait for us to come to you with needs and depend on you, and ask you to meet our needs so that you can shower us with blessings and with good gifts. 